I thought we'd be jumping like boing boing from planet to planet really big. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, of course not, we have a spaceship. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Simulator, a series of short conversations about video games with interesting people who play them. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and in this episode, I discuss the critically acclaimed game Outer Wilds with my guest, Maggie Tan. Hi, I'm Maggie Tan, and I'm the community director at Glasshouse Games. Outer Wilds is a non-linear mystery about a solar system trapped in a time loop, coated in a charming aesthetic of campfires, banjos, and wooden spaceships. It might be my favourite game of 2019 so far, but that doesn't mean I loved every minute of it, and I'm not alone. Maggie and I both played Outer Wilds with someone else, passing the controller when things got too frustrating, so I invited her onto the podcast to talk about that. Maggie and I both live in Leamington, so we were able to record this episode in the same room, which means there's more talking over each other than in previous episodes, but a nice conversational vibe. This episode contains spoilers for Outer Wilds, and one spoiler for Oxenfree. Outer Wilds is the kind of game that is best played with as little idea of what to expect as possible. So if you think you'd like to play it, maybe save this episode for later. But if you've played the game already, and you want to listen to some friends chat about their experience, this is the podcast for you. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about Outer Wilds because mm. I loved it so much. Mm. Everyone seems to have loved it yes, so much. Yes, there are lots you know, of good reviews, yeah. been released to much acclaim, but I found it interesting that uh, like a few people have dared to say that they found it frustrating. So I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be yeah. good to get okay. you to talk about Happy that. to do that. I, I think um, I can very I give very honest <laughs> <laughs> Before we get on to speaking about Outer Worlds mm-hmm. specifically, I wanted to get a kind of idea of what kinds of games you tend to like. And I think it'd be interesting to talk about your history with games as well, because I know it's not quite the same as a lot of people who grew up maybe in this country. You've got a different experience with where you started with games. Yeah. I started playing games, I think my earliest memory was what I thought was Tetris, and I've only recently found out was not. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember my mom hiding what I thought was a Game Boy in her handbag whenever she went to the shower to stop me from getting at it. It must have been about, I don't know, three or four, one of my earliest memories. And I'd obviously get it out and play, and I loved to bleep bloop and just, you know, things moving in the screen, and I was making them move with arrows and buttons. And, and it was just, you know, very simple, just four arrows and two buttons. And I've only recently found out it was Brick Game, which I think is basically a ripoff of Tetris. <laughs> and that was all over, um, I suppose, what's been sold in markets in Asia at the time. Hmm. And I, I played, uh, let me think, things like Jungle Joe very early, Prince of Persia, that sort of thing. And you had friends, local friends that you would play games with, right? We did, yeah. And I think it was also quite early on, they were introducing computers in the classrooms. And of course, when the teacher wasn't looking, we tried to play games. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's true of everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then I, I think think I was part of the generation that grew up with Final Fantasy. Mm. And I didn't have my own console, but I'd run over to neighbors or friends just so we could get Final Fantasy 7 or 8 or 9 on. And nine's the one that sticks with me. But anyway... I stopped playing games, I'd say, when I went to art school and I had uh, an iBook (laughs) and you don't really get many games for Apple then. And that's kind of when it, I think, trailed off. Yeah. Okay. And then you kind of came back to them a few years ago. I did. Yeah. I started dating my now husband and he said, why don't you play? And he showed me a Steam library and I was like, yeah, I'm dating the right guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
as far as Outer Wilds, I think it's quite a unique game for a lot of people, even people who've played a lot of games, because of the time loop, right? Yes. Like that's the kind of core concept. <laughs> How, yeah. Have you had previous experience with time loops in other things, whether in games or in like movies or television? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Oxenfree. I'd say it's still one of my favorite games. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Where, of course, at the end, you, you think you're getting off the island in the ferry and you loop back. And I didn't see that coming. I didn't. I thought we were off and that was it. And we'd leave this ghastly nightmare of radio, you know, goes from another dimension behind. And it was the second playthrough, I think, that uh, freaked me out a little bit. It seemed like they're coming out with your own TV mm. <laughs> and not just Alex's uh, radio or TVs in the game. And that's when I stopped, but I will go back and try to finish that loop. <laughs> I think Oxenfree is interesting because, like you say, you play the entire full game. Or you think you have. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then it loops. Whereas, mm. I guess, in Outer oh. Wilds, the loop is part of, you know, you could play the game just once and have lots and lots of loops. And they're only yeah. 22 minutes long rather yes, than several hours. Yeah. When you first loaded up the game and started playing it, what was your experience like? And was it like you expected the game to be? <laughs> okay. So I thought, have you seen the illustrations? You must have of the little prints. Yes. Yeah. So I try not to read too much about a game before I play something. I'd rather have my own thoughts on it as I go into it. And, you know, my experience. And I thought we'd be jumping like boing boing from planet to planet really big. <laughs> Um, and I was like, no, of course not. We have a spaceship. <laughs> and so it was it was charming. I, I loved the music instantly. That that really sealed the game for me. I loved listening to it on rainy days. I love the whole, like, I think it started as something like camping in space, wasn't it? A thesis. Yeah. And there was a lot of, you know, the wood. And I loved that everyone's names, like, came from minerals or... or I thought it was really charming. I loved all the wood. I loved the museum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of first planet. Yeah. Like, once you get into the game, you realise that you're not really going to spend any more time there. That's right. It was, a, I think it was quite a well-crafted tutorial. Mm. And it was really charming. I love the dialogue and the way they spoke. You just really like the Harthians quite quickly. The yeah. humour. But then you didn't get to know them too closely because no. you know that you're not going to go back there, really, and talk yeah. to them again. Like They, that's they not made really it quite sure that you're going to lift off. You're part of this expedition. Yeah. It's your first time. Please don't crash the ship and things. <laughs> Yeah, how yeah. did you find the space flight? Oh, tricky, so hard. Mm. I just couldn't. I mean, initially, do you remember there was in shall we call it the tutorial bit? Oh, the little little drone. Yeah. Oh, I was and so I, bad at that. <laughs> I was so bad. I think that was harder. But in the very first time, it just it's like, what do I do? Okay, pull the triggers, and it went right down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I cannot fly the ship like this. <laughs> no, but it was it was quite easy to figure out, get around. Um, as I said, I, I loved the little museum before you get the launch codes. Mm. It was cool that it was people who were so hopeful and optimistic they had this little settlement you could play with the kids i, I like that mm. and it <laughs> and was a tutorial different. yeah exactly and i thought it was quite charming that they had four eyes and they referred to them well i think some of them referred to themselves as they yeah i um, think all of the hearthians use they pronouns oh, was it all of them then? yeah yeah, yeah. No, and I, then when you because the person i was playing with pointed this out when you start to learn about the nomai mm -hmm. you realize that they use she and he pronouns yes, yes. and the person i was playing with said oh that's really interesting because it's like this that's an ancient civilization the nomai yeah. and it's almost suggesting that as we evolve we will move away from gendered pronouns yeah like the more evolved but, society doesn't yeah. have gender and yeah. the older one does and it was also surprising i wondered if because the nomai looked so different mm. you know, the, the big goat horns and all i wondered how did we evolve from that? And it was only later on in the writings when they, I think the Nomai talk about the Harthians as, uh, because it was so many years ago, it was 200 something years, 200,000 something years ago, as the this four-eyed mutant award that they've noticed, 
Yeah. It's, yeah. And it was like, wow, that's the scale, you know. And then and then the Harthians then evolved from this new thousands of years later mm. and went looking for the Nomai stuff. And then when you finally did leave Timber's Hearth, what yeah. was your favourite planet? This is exciting. Wow, favourite planet. Oh, gosh. Where did you go first? The moon. <laughs> the nearest thing. <laughs> it was the nearest thing. I'm so glad you could lock on as well. Mm. Um, I would have just spiraled about the universe if not. I'm pretty sure I just crashed into the moon. I think that was my first experience. I, I crashed into it, tried to land, skidded off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just, yeah, I think for me, my favorite planet, I don't have one. Um, they all stood out. They were quite unique. The galaxy was smaller than I thought. Mm. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but I, I somehow... I don't know, maybe it's because of No Man's Sky and, and other things where you just explore forever. So that was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. when I spoke to the developers, they, you know, their goal seemed to be to create this kind of, they wanted to make a system mm -hmm. that changed around you without any input from you. And it's all physics-based, so it's all kind of unity physics. So I guess they had to make it quite small so that everything fit together. And that yeah, yeah. by all accounts, apparently, it was very difficult to make yeah. sure that all these moving but parts worked. worked. I know, and, and they're all constantly moving. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not uh, complaining the size so much. I think it was just because of my idea initially. I thought mm. it would be like a little prince where you hop from planet to planet to planet, or we're so used to seeing or expecting so many. So I quite like that it was condensed in this one. And mm. it kind of hinted that you use your galaxy and... Um, I don't know if you remember, but in the museum, one of the first things you see if you go on and look at every exhibit, like I did, because <laughs> yeah, they do that at museums, there's one where there's an observation, I can't remember which Harthian did it, but it seemed like all the planets are racing away, mm. and, the, and the further you look, the faster they're racing away, and he's like, I don't quite understand it, what's going on? Yeah. And I think that is a very early, but very vague hint of what's to come. Mm. But all these planets are quite, I mean, relatively close together and quite small. I think I, yeah. that one was my favorite. I like that it was smaller yeah. or, or easier to get around rather than taking forever to traverse. And then you come across inhabitants or other travelers. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you chase yeah. the, you follow their, the sounds of their instruments. Exactly. I think for me, it's more which one did I dislike the least? Okay. Because I, when I first got to each of the planets, I found them really cool and exciting and interesting yeah, yeah. but actually spending different. time on them just became incredibly frustrating like giants mm. deep i was just i mean initially terrified yeah. to even <laughs> go through the kind yeah. of layer of clouds yeah. and get to it and i guess the whole point of this game is that everything is changing around you but for me it just felt so unstable all of the planets felt that so unstable yeah yeah and i think maybe that that was kind of the point yeah how unstable everything is but i could never feel comfortable being no. on one of them which i know was the point but mm. it meant that i never was like oh i love brittle hollow because you can't love it because it's no. falling to pieces <laughs> no and then also i wouldn't have picked the first planet that we were on or the moon mm. because that was home base or i see it as that's where i came from mm. and i want to go find something different and you felt very much like a rookie explorer mm. so it was quite nice that from the start all that dialogue had been about here's some new equipment for you to use don't break it. <laughs> Lots of that. Yeah. Um, if anything, I like the spaceship more than the planet itself. I love the whole design of it. I loved how rickety it looked. I was like, yeah. I can't believe we're going up in this wooden contraption. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is brilliant. It's oh. almost steampunk, isn't it? It's kind yeah, of old-fashioned technology used for wood. modern means. Lots yeah. of wood, yeah. Um, I will say, though, sometimes towards the end, you know, you'd rush on, you think, okay, I've got to complete the cycle again, I know what I've got to do, and I'd forget to put my spacesuit on, which is yes. hanging there, and then I'd jump out and die. <laughs> yeah, we did that a few yeah. times. <laughs> yeah.
Did you know that when the developers were making the game, the planets came first and then the story came second? Ooh, so they no. made the entire solar system right. and then the writers, so the main writer of the game was actually the creative director's sister, Kelsey. Right. Oh, right. And she was kind of writing the story around the planets that already existed. So they decided that the Nomai would crash into the Dark Bramble because that seemed like the kind of place yeah. you would crash yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything else kind of came from that and they were, you know, trying to fit everything together. Like, what do we do with the comet? How do we fit that in? What did you think of the narrative? Were you interested in it? I loved what I read. I think it was quite non-linear and that was, that always, hmm, I won't say it throws me off because I, I like not having a path sometimes and you just sort of go around explore to find these writings, you mm. read them, you hear these voices, these conversations uh, that of, of people long, long, long dead. You know they're dead. What about the mysteries that you were trying to solve in the game? How invested were you in finding out the answers to those questions? See, this is where I was like, oh, I wish I was better at flying the spaceship and finding out things myself rather than passing control on and get frustrated. Mm. I really like the story. I, I loved it. I loved that we were explorers finding out about this long dead race who were very curious about the eye mm. <laughs> and, and this intrigue that was built up slowly as you discover um, the writings. The writing system was great. Like you scan it and it's all these worlds. And it sort of gives you an idea like this, what, what kind of society created writing like this? Mm. I was pretty invested, yeah. So so that's why I think it also increased my frustration when I had it. Yeah. yeah. I really liked the rumor mechanic on the ship's log. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, you didn't like it? I was like, why is it rumor? It's my logbook. <laughs> I'm keeping it factual. <laughs> why is it called rumor? <laughs> I guess, okay, that's interesting. I guess it's called rumors because you find out a hint of something. Like one of the people, one of the previous adventurers is on this place. Yeah. And you haven't been there yet, so you don't know anything about it. So okay. then it's still a rumor, right? Like, or, it, oh, 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 I hear, a, you know, the quantum yeah. moon. Like, oh, I'm, I should be able to get to the quantum moon if I solve all of these puzzles. That's still, it's still kind of a rumor or like an unsolved problem, an unsolved right? Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I kind of see what you mean, but I'm not totally... <laughs> hmm. apparently they only implemented that about a year ago oh okay um in kind of in response to play tests how long did it take right. you to realize that it was there did you find it straight away yeah pretty quickly i kind of like to press all the buttons and find out what yeah. i access to <laughs> this is the thing right i yeah. saw someone tweeting the other day how frustrated they were with the game right. and how they needed a system to keep track of all the things they needed to find did they not know about it? Yeah, they didn't know oh, it was no. there. Someone oh, had to tell my God. them. I guess <laughs> How it's, could they play it otherwise? It's, it's different play stuff. styles, right? Yeah. Like you and I both in Timber's Hearth went yeah. around and talked to everyone, yeah. looked at everything, yeah. looked yeah. everything in the museum. Yeah. But I suppose a lot of people when they play games, they just charge through and That's don't true. read the conversations and just try and get to the next thing. And it doesn't really seem like it's a game for people like that. What kinds of people do you think this game is for? People who like space. I think if you don't like space or don't believe in the, the fun of it, mm. you're going to have a hard time believing in four-eyed aliens giving you advice. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess you yeah. have to have a vague interest in science fiction. Interest. Yeah. I think if you like exploring, if you like uncovering mysteries, you would really enjoy this. I would definitely recommend it. Although I got really frustrated, I would say it's one of the best games I've played in 2019 so far. Was it just the flying the ship that frustrated you or was there other stuff as well? Uh, I would say getting about the ghost war was hard. <laughs> the... or, or any of the ghost, um, ghost matter, sorry. Oh, Where yeah. you could only go to the water, yeah. Um, or bits where I'm not very good at puzzle games or bits where you have to walk on the ceiling. <laughs> Even but... though I know you can. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so the, the, the gravity stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I found that quite challenging. <laughs> yeah, because I guess you have to... I've, so I found the bits when you like eject yourself from the ship 
and you kind of pop out the bottom of the ship yeah. and then you're floating in zero gravity. I felt my stomach fell away from me every single time I had to do that. that like yeah. trying to get your head around the perspective of how physics works in space yeah. was quite daunting. But the vastness of it. So I said earlier it seemed like the galaxy was small, but I always felt like it was so vast mm. and that I would just get swallowed by the darkness if I went too far away by accident or something. Yeah. I mean, which you, you which can, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I d- so many so times I ended it. up drifting in space yeah. with my oxygen running and out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Now, you said that you played this with someone else. I think mm-hmm. that the fact that this loop is 22 minutes long makes it quite good for that kind of passing the controller in between it each is. go it and it kind of plays into that one more turn as well like I ended yeah. up staying up later than I intended because we'd just be <laughs> so like oh we. one more turn so one more we. turn <laughs> yeah it's sort of a good game so in that sense you could play it again and again and again but mm. each time you find out something new and then you can take a rest it reminds me actually of when I was a teenager there was one time we were so excited about Final Fantasy 8 so me and my brother stayed up we made decided right this weekend we are going to take turns and try to finish the whole thing. <laughs> and so it did mean that I would do a 9 to 12 o'clock shift. Then he would sleep till midnight. Then he would do 12 to 2. And I would then nap. And then we'd tell each other what happened while we were sleeping. And 2 to 4, 4 to 6, we took shifts. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> did you finish and it? No. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> we were so hopeful. What naive children. <laughs> we were young. <laughs> How did you find the experience of watching someone else play this game? I sometimes got frustrated being like, oh, what are you doing that for? I think for me, it's enjoyable. I enjoy watching people play, to be honest. I go on YouTube and look at gameplay sometimes. Mm. And and so for me, it was like, oh, it's a break to stop being frustrated. You do it. (laughs) You try now. (laughs) You told me before that sometimes when you got frustrated or bored and you weren't really making any progress and you handed (laughs) the controller over to Sean, you would play Islanders. (laughs) Yes, I did. While you were I like, was like, oh, we're doing the same thing again. And we're not getting anywhere. It was the fishes at the end. Yeah. I got so frustrated. And and like, I'm going to play a very relaxing, peaceful little thing. <laughs> and you ended up, or Sean ended up looking it up, right? How to deal with yes, the angler yeah. fish. I think yeah. I resorted to looking at a walkthrough maybe twice in situations where I felt like I knew what the solution was, but yeah. the game wasn't, it didn't seem to be working. So okay. one of them was on the way to the, the high energy lab. At the bottom of Ash Twin yeah, or yeah. Ember, no, the bottom of oh, Ember wait. Twin. Ember, yeah. The one that because fills the, with the sand, sand yeah, and yeah. you've got limited time. And eventually I just looked it up and was like, no, I was right. Yeah. It should work. <laughs> we just have to do it again. Yeah. How many times do you think you ended up looking um, stuff up? I would say about four, maybe five. Mm. Yeah. When do you think, because I think a lot of people will be quite purist about this and say that you should never look up the answers. When do you think it's okay to do so? Like, What makes it, okay, now is the time to go to a walkthrough? I think anyone can go anytime they want. I think <laughs> everyone just has different playing styles. You know, there is, I don't know, sometimes like with play games, you get easy mode, normal mode, hard mode, or whatever they call it in each one. And I think everyone should play how they want to. If, mm. you know, if they want to add sheets, for example, go ahead. If that makes it more enjoyable for you, maybe you find a campaign too hard. I Maybe my only wish was that you could change your difficulty as you move along. I don't know if that's even possible. How would you yeah. do that on a game like this? I, yeah, I, I'm i not sure. You can't just go and tweak it and go, all right, I feel like going hard mode now. All right, mm. no, I want easy mode now. It doesn't work that way, does it? I think probably the worst thing about the game for me was the anglerfish. They just seemed so... Everything else was kind of a gentle 
horror like oh you know I've drifted into space and my oxygen is running out or oh the sand is filling up and I'm gonna get crushed but the anglerfish were like no they're gonna come after you with huge teeth and they're gonna eat you I know I mean there was a hint of it in the museum you got a little one you know swimming in a little tank do you remember and I was like that is a hint of what's to come but I didn't expect them to be so big (laughs) so difficult to get past or blind yeah how did you feel about them how did you find them towards the end it felt like you're just getting punished Mm. Um, because you do everything you get it right you wait you know to get to the fishy bit and then you'd have to cast yourself and then slowly drift past and and at first it was frightening and horror I guess that's what you're supposed to feel but after that it became tedious because every time you got at you had to go back and do it all over again and hope you didn't get eaten this time do it again and we must have done it I don't know so many times too many times to the point of like oh do we do we stop playing now it's too frustrating um, so you you were exposed to the anglerfish so many times that they lost that they ability lost the fear. to scare. It, it wasn't scary anymore. It was just can we get past these bastard fish? Like oh, just want to get to the end and find out what happens. Is that what gave you your craving for sushi? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I had a craving for it after the game, and I made sure I got some like really soon after. <laughs> like hmm, I feel like sushi. <laughs> <laughs> How about what was the best part of the game for you? I know you've been listening to the soundtrack. Was it the music or was it something else? I want to say it was a spaceship and the music. I love the whole design of it. I was just, you know, this is my little ship. I want to I want to play it where I can just go about and explore and find other worlds. And it, this would be my ship. <laughs> Although at first I was like, we're flying up in this. <laughs> I loved it. And, and the soundtrack is just perfect and rainy days. It, it's so... When you listen to everyone sing, and especially when you're collecting them all at the end of the game, and there's something very poignant about that because you're getting everyone together. Is it the last song? And you mm. kind of get a sense of that as well. And then, of course, the ending comes and you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> when I talked to the developers, they talked about the theme of death anxiety. And obviously the game takes place at the end of a solar system, right? Yeah. And the sun is about to explode and yeah. it's about what you do in that time. And I've seen at least one article that someone has written about how the game helped them to deal with their anxieties wow. around death. Do you think that it managed that effectively? I mean, I thought logically that was what was going to happen. No, I waited for ages. Well, they tried to make the sun go supernova and they couldn't. And then when it does come to its natural ending, it so happens that by that point, the hurricanes have evolved. Mm. And here we are and there's nothing they can do. It's almost like living with a previous generation's mistakes or the effects of what... And I guess that's something that our generation is currently dealing with. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this game was a political statement on that. I mean, it's been in the making for a long time. I think what's interesting is the whole idea, not only of just what we were talking about evolution before, but it's history repeats itself Mm. literally every 22 minutes. (laughs) It's sort of a little, it's like heartache, but sweet at the same time. Because you feel like, okay, you do know you have limited time. We all know we have finite time here. And what do you do with that time? Do you want to sit about toasting marshmallows? I always burn mine somehow. <laughs> Ate them anyway. <laughs> or, or do you want to panic and try to fly? I mean, at first, one of the things we do is fly away as far as we can beyond its grip. And of course, you kept getting blasted. If you like time loops in video games, we've got an episode planned that you'll love. Subscribe to Talking Simulator in your favorite podcast app to make sure you get it. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at TalkingSimPod. I'm at Jerrica Weber, and Maggie is at MagPoyTweets. We're going to be working together more, so stay tuned to hear more about Glasshouse Games. 
Our music is by Jazz Mickle. You can find her at Jazz Mickle. Talking Simulator is edited by Leamington's loveliest audio person, Dan Parks. If you need to make something sound good, you can find him at Dan C. Parks. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Talk again soon. Yeah, I used to go to the library all the time because I had no money and I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I read loads and I read loads of like young adult fiction, you know, like... It's a small library. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm really glad it's there. It was, I've never been to a library in a bath, well, a bathhouse mm. um, before. So that was quite cool. Yeah, with a gallery next door as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Leamington's great. It is.